Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Surrender Podcast, episode 5, where we are actually talking about James uh, and his idea here of teachers, not everybody needing a pe- teacher, our tongues being used as weapons, um, and how hurtful and, and harmful they can be, not just to other people, but to ourselves as well. Um, and this, all this stuff comes from James chapter 3, we're also going to talk about wisdom and what that looks like and a couple of small challenges that I have for us to work on throughout a while, the next few weeks, uh, ongoing, whatever it is, uh, we all have them. So I'm going to start out right away talking, reading the scripture real quick. And it's James chapter three. It's, it's all 18 verses, but we're going to kind of break it down a little bit different. So the first 12 verses are really about taming the tongue. And he says this, he says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that he who teach, we, you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. And anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And we put, so let's, let's just stop there, right? Those really just the first two verses for a second. Let's talk about those for a second, right? Um, when he's talking about those who teach, he's really talking about everybody that teaches. Anybody that's that's in charge of teaching, anybody that has anything to do with teaching, um, youth pastors, actual teachers, community leaders, um, people who are given wisdom, right? We're all they're all teachers in a in a certain aspect and we are gonna be held accountable because if we're teaching um the people we're teaching have to assume that we're giving them the correct truthful information. Right? And as a youth pastor and as a, a pastor um, and anybody who does pastoral work or has worked in the ministry at all will tell you, we have to be super careful about what information we're giving out because if we give out false information or the incorrect information at any point, then we're giving people wrong information about salvation. And a big one of those is the prosperity gospels or the, the prosperity preachers who tell you, well, keep giving, 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 giving. God will make you rich. And that's not what the Bible says, right? Jesus tells us it's going to be hard work, right? We have to deny ourselves, pick up a cross and follow him. We have to change the way we think about, like last week we talked about sin and our fight against sin, right? Paul tells us we need to view sin as a, our fight against sin from a victory point of view instead of a underdog, we've lost, we're losing, right? We've already won if we've accepted Christ in our life. So that's what he's really saying about teachers, right? Like, we're going to be held to a higher standard, but I believe teachers should be held to a higher standard. And obviously the Bible and James believed it too, and so does God, right? So in the next part, he kind of talks about control. And this says, when we put bits in a, into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships for, as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So think about that for a second. He's given us two two things, right? So a bit is the piece that goes in the horse's mouth that's connected to the, the reins that controls the horse. The rudder, I mean, if you've seen a ship, you've seen the rudders are not big. In fact, they're very tiny compared to most 
most ships, but they're, they're one of the most integral parts of the ship, right? Because they help us control where the ship is going. And he's using this example to get you ready to think about your tongue is the same thing. And in fact, in the next verse, James says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. The world of evil among parts of the body corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on, by, on fire by hell. I don't know the the term the the fact that he uses the set on fire by hell right like there's a very vivid visceral thing behind that word right and he calls it a world of evil among the body parts James is kind of almost iterating that the tongue is kind of this most evil part of our body and it's boastful I don't think, I think the tongue can be used two ways. Just like fire can be used multiple ways, right? Fire can be used as a good thing. It can be used to cook food, heat, heat for a heat source, right? We like, people like to sit around bonfires and roast marshmallows and talk. Like, it can be a, a, a good thing to bring people around, right? And the tongue can do the same thing, but just like fire can turn into a devastation thing and, and turn deadly really fast, so can the tongue. And when I think about this, I think of the way we tend to use it, right? So when I think of the way our tongue is, I think of the hurtful things we like to say to people. I think of the way we're really quick to speak when we get angry. And when I think of these things, and I think of the things that have been said to me, you know, I was a mistake. I ruined people's lives. Um, I never amount to anything. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. Some of the stuff I tell myself, right? Because let's be honest, right? Words hurt, but they can hurt us when we say them to ourselves just as much. And sometimes it's just the way we believe ourselves because we've heard it so much. And as teachers... We need to think about a few things. We need to think about the words we're using, how we're using those words. We need to educate ourselves on the meaning of a word before we can say it. As a youth pastor, I have to learn modern slang and be able to understand what my kid, my youth group kids are saying without, so I can talk to them. That doesn't mean I'm going to go use this the slang but I need to be able to how to interpret it in my head so I can teach them and make it so it fits what they're trying to say. And James is really reiterating these verses what is said in Proverbs 12, 18 and 23. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one who is rash, whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And Proverbs 12, 23 says, Whoever keeps his mouth... And his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. So Proverbs is written by Solomon. Or it's credited to be written by Solomon, right? And Solomon is known for his wisdom. And at one point, God has told Solomon 
You can ask for anything in the world and you'll get it. Just think about that for a second. Anything in the world, you get it. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what what you want. Can be anything your heart's desire. So you can be really selfish with this if you want, or be very unselfish. And Solomon does something that I think a lot of us would have had a hard time doing. He tells God, "I just want wisdom. I just want to be wise. I want to be able to the wisdom to be a great leader." And the story we often use for this is the story of the two women that come in claiming they'll be the mom to a baby. And Solomon hears arguments from both sides of them, or from both parents, both sides of the story, and says, okay, I know how to settle this. And he says, we'll just split the baby in half. Now, he's not saying... I literally want to split the baby in half. But what he's saying is he's heard both sides. He knows one of these parents, one of these mothers is not the real mother. And by doing this, he's forcing two people who care about this this baby greatly that the person who's not really the mother is the one who has to step aside and give up the rights to the baby. And he knows she'll do it because she, he knows she cares about the baby because he took the time to listen. He, he's choosing his words in a way that makes sense for the time. Today, we couldn't do that, right? Today, we have court systems, and, and we don't go in front of a king, and the king is not going to say, well, we'll just split the baby in half. That's, that's not how we do things. Today, we have courts that help decide these things, and we have judges and juries and peers that help decide these things, right? But the point is, not the story, but the point is how Solomon, out of everything he could ask for, knowing he didn't need any more material wealth, he didn't need any more women in his life, he just asked simply for wisdom. Take a second and think about some people in your life who have been, who've been wise, who've imparted knowledge on you. Right? Was it just smarts or was it actual wisdom? Because we can be smart, but being smart doesn't mean we're wise. Right? In this next section, which really talks about wisdom, which is really the meat of what he's saying here, because in the the rest of those first 12 verses he's telling James tells us our tongue we praise the Lord we pray with our tongues we praise God in church and I think this is where a lot of people tend to see the church as being hypocritical right because we'll 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 praise God in church but outside of church, we're just like everybody else. We curse it. We, we, we tear people down. We destroy people. We use our words to gossip against people and, and ruin them, right? For some selfish ambition or they made us mad, right? In fact, Paul says against this idea, 
in Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And what Paul's saying is, don't praise God and then go tear somebody down. He's talking about how we need to build good, good people up. Well, he says it as it fits the occasion. So, building up doesn't mean you don't hold somebody accountable if they don't need to be held accountable. Right? And in the church, we have a hard time with this idea of building people up, but only if it's accountable. Because even in church, I've seen it where people will talk about each other behind their backs, right? We form these little groups, these little cliques, even in a church setting. And then the world sees it. The world hears us go out and say, peace, love, happiness, mercy, grace. This is what Christ brings. And then they see us come out of church and do the same things. Right? We tear people down. We use our words to hurt people. We do things out of selfish ambition, which is not what we're supposed to be doing in front of the church. You know, James comes, comes out and says, a spring can't have both fresh and salt water. It can't do both things. Now there's spots and in, in rivers and springs where salt water and fresh water meet, but at a certain point, the water will become salty or it becomes fresh. He tells us that a tree, an olive tree, can't be a, can't bear figs. If an olive tree was bearing figs, it's not an olive tree; it's a fig tree, right? And a fig tree can't bear olives. That's all he's saying is that they can't produce. We can't produce what, what they're not. Human beings have the ability to change. These things don't have the ability to change. And then knowing how to be changed or when to change. Was actually understanding these two kinds of wisdom that James talks about in 13 through 18. And James says, starts off in 13, says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humani- hum- humility that comes from wisdom. So James is still talking about things that he's been talking about. He talks about through this whole book where he talks about our words and our actions, they need to match. This is a call to anybody, whether you go to church, you believe in God, you don't believe in God, you're wrestling with the idea of it. The hardest thing for us to do as people is make sure our actions and our words match. I know mine don't always line up. I stumble, I fall, I make mistakes, it happens, right? But he goes on to say, right, because he talks about being in humility, right? Humility means we're not doing things for selfish reasons, right? We're not boasting about what we do. We do it. We know we did it, but we're not doing it for the recognition. So he says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Think about it. He calls earthly wisdom demonic. And he does it because of this. 
when I heard Francis Chan say this in a video I watched, um, where he broke these kind of down and the thing, but earthly wisdom is really selfish ambition, right? Like that is the key trait of earthly wisdom, right? We make it all about us, what benefits us regardless of how much it hurts another person, how much we have to run over another person, throw them under the bus, whatever it is, right? This is the, I'm going to get famous, I'm going to make a name for myself at all costs. This is the, I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. Done it. Regardless of what hurts people, whether it's the truth or not, sometimes we just tell people what they want to hear because it makes them happy. That's not being wise. That's a very earthly wisdom, right? That's us using our tongue to deceive somebody. So James has a point when he calls it demonic. Because... That's what the devil does. He deceives you. That's what sin does. Sin deceives you, right? So if we're using our tongue to deceive people, we can't be honoring God. We can't be loving our neighbors like Jesus calls us to, right? We can't be the church and healers like we're supposed to if we're using our tongue to do the opposite. The uh, second type he talks about in the last couple verses, is more of a heavenly wisdom. This says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of unrighteousness. Or, this is a person who's going to speak with grace and mercy. This is a person that's going to listen to what others are saying around them and not just jump in to make an argument. They're going to stop. They might just shut up and listen. And it sounds rough to say shut up and listen, but sometimes I've learned that's just what we have to do. We just have to stop talking and learn to listen to what others are saying around us. Right? This is the person who may, instead of saying something hurtful to somebody, may stop their stop and just recompose themselves. And I've, this is the hardest thing to do. And I can only really think of few times in my life where up until recently before I accepted Christ where I was able to do this and even afterwards it's just hard to do sometimes right some people just know how to push our buttons and then we get caught up in the same thing they're doing it's not not what we're supposed to do right Jesus tells us to love our enemies which isn't hard and that's what heavenly wisdom is is just knowing when to stop it's knowing when to listen and when to speak. It's learning when we're being hurtful, when we're not being hurtful. It's when we know we're losing our composure and we're when to regain it. James admits we're going to stumble. Every one of the disciples stumbled. Paul stumbled. Right? Everybody in the Bible except for Jesus stumbles. We're humans. We're going to make mistakes. James readily admits we're going to make mistakes. That's fine. Go ahead. Make mistakes. It's part of life. 
this is where we're supposed should be in this heavenly wisdom, but we're going to always fluctuate between earthly and heavenly wisdom. The real trick is when do we know when we're doing it? Can you, can you see when you're flipping back and forth between the two? Are you aware of what's going on? So I kind of have these four challenges that came out of doing this study for this. And they're not really hard. They're not. Some of them are really challenged. Some of them are more of a just things we should be doing, right? So the first thing we should do is is, is evaluate, because that's really what James is saying here. So when I always say evaluate, like do this with a kind heart, like do this humbly, right? I want you to think of five to eight opinion leaders in your life. People who are at church, they're in school, they're in work, they're in media, whatever. People you listen to, you regularly pay attention to, and influence the way you think. And then go back if you have a Bible, or download the Bible app when you write on your phone, and look at James 3, 13 through 18. Read what it's saying, and then ask yourself, are these people actually speaking God's wisdom in your life? Or are they just telling you what you want to hear? Are they speaking earthly wisdom into your life? This isn't an invitation into pride. It's not an invitation to criticize anybody or make divisive um, arguments and divide people. It's just a regular way to check input and see what's going on and what's where. We can thank people in our lives that have been helpful. So those people you look at in your life that have given you wisdom, that have encouraged you in your past, who've spoken into your life, that have truly helped you, find them and thank them. Honor people with the same thing. Thank them. If the person's not not around anymore, use the wisdom they have. Like I can think of a bigger honor than using the wisdom that people have been imparted on you that aren't around you anymore and using it for the things you're supposed to. And those are really the three big things we need to work on as, as a whole, as a community, as a people. And this goes back to the whole infinitum stuff that we talked about where we've been talking about mission and generosity and surrendering. All three of those things are part of it. Evaluating yourself and others around you, right? That's surrendering. Like, that's hard. Thanking people, honoring people. That's just being generous with our time. Right? Honoring them can be part of the mission part too, right? Because we were passing on that knowledge. We're sharing it. It's the same thing with grace and mercy that we're given by Jesus and God. We're not supposed to hold on to it. We're supposed to share it with the world. That's our mission. So those are the three things I really want to, I want to, we need to work on as kind of a church and a community as a whole. So what I'm going to do real quick, I'm going to pray us out. And next week we will kind of go back and relook at some of the stuff. we've talked about in the past and we're going to continue to talk about uh, in the future episodes.
thank you for James and the lessons he gave us and the, and, and the reminder of how powerful our tongue and our speech can be and how hurtful and at the same time how much of a blessing it can be if it's used in the right way just ask that you give us all the wisdom to do what is needed to honor you and in your name amen <laughs>